Welcome back to another episode of the Cast, a podcast curated for students by a student. I'm your host and communications assistant, Colleen Hill, and today I am joined by Tyler Monk. Tyler is an entrepreneur, speaker, inspirational storyteller, and first-generation college graduate here today on the Cast to speak to us a bit about his journey through education and how he was able to find inspiration within his own passion and found the drive to start his own program inspiring others. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Colleen. Community. Educational. Engaging. Opportunity. Inspiring. Successful. Thrive. The Cast. So besides all of these amazing titles that I was sort of listing earlier, you are also the founder of Underdog Mentality. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that organization? Yeah, sure. So um, about three years ago, um, when I was working in the nonprofit world, I had a desire uh, to want to reach more folks. And um, I was getting asked at the time a lot to come do keynotes, come speak, uh, different opportunities to impact and influence. And I went and sat down with one of my good friends, and he's a, a He's really, a, I would say, a mentor and a coach to high performing business leaders and, and athletes. And I said, man, I know what I want to do. I know why I want to do it. I just don't know what I'm going to call this. I don't know what it's going to be exactly. And I just shared my story with him. And he just said flat out, he said, Tyler, he said, you got the underdog mentality. And I said, uh, can I use that as a name? Because I don't really have one right now. <laughs> so we went with it. And so how I define the underdog mentality, it's an organization. Uh, it's an inspirational storytelling, speaking and training consulting company. And the underdog mentality essentially is an unwavering belief in self, um, despite the situations or the circumstances that surround an individual. And uh, that's what we're all about is empowering folks to inspiration, finding what it has that has been in our past that has challenged us and how those challenges can build us and adopt a mindset of growth to be where we want to be. Awesome. I love that title. And I love the story of uh, sort of getting to that topic. Um, what experience have what experiences have you had in sort of your early education that may have led to like the creation? I know you mentioned it a little briefly, but what made you want to take advantage of your specific underdog perspective? Yeah, I think for me, if we talk about early education, I mean, um, you know, when going up, growing up in, my, in like grade school, middle school times, you know, it was, it was, there were some challenges, you know, in the home life. I had a, I had a family that my mother, I grew up with my mother for the majority of my, uh, my childhood. And, um, you know, um, there were some challenges and some barriers that we had to navigate within the home. And uh, it made me feel like when I started stepping into high school, uh, you know, now I was living in Portland with my father and my stepmother who created a, a great environment for me and my siblings to grow up in. But I, already, I had already came with all this baggage from my past experience. So when I was stepping into a classroom, I kind of felt like I just didn't belong. And, uh, you know, I had what, what I would call the imposter syndrome and, you know, essentially just feeling like, man, if people only really knew the true story behind you know, how I walked in this classroom today or how I'm feeling. And so, you know, a lot of the times when you have that imposter syndrome, you seek out things um, that um, don't validate you being a person that deserves to be in that room. So what I did in my early, uh, you know, middle school, high school, I just didn't put forth effort. I didn't try because I could always come back to the comfort of, you know what, if I tried, then I know I could succeed. But if I never try, then I can always have that excuse um, you know, that um, if I try to put forth effort, I could be successful. So just understanding that, you know, 
the culture that I grew up in um, wasn't conducive necessarily to the culture that was in the classroom. Um, you know, it wasn't conducive for my growth. You know, you had to sit there, be quiet, you know, and I was a talker. I was in, I wanted to engage. I wanted to ask questions. So depending on the teacher and depending on the classroom, some teachers really enjoyed me being in there and then other teachers couldn't stand it. Um, and so I was always like in this flux of like, man, who am I? I feel like I have to code switch and act like this person in this setting. And then over here, act like this person in this setting. And it was just really confusing and frustrating. And uh, I think two things were, were, were going on. There was, there was, there's fault and there was responsibility. And I'll just wrap it up because I want to, I know you got another question. for me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, you do mention code switching a bit on that um, for the listeners yeah. who might not understand sort of what that phrase means. Uh, would you mind sort of giving us like a brief definition on that? Yeah, so um, I, I identify as a black male, black man, and uh, I grew up in, in black culture in inner city Portland. And um, what that means is that, you know, in that community, it's, it's very tight knit, it's close. We joke around a lot. We have a lot of fun. Um, you know, we might sting each other, which basically means joking around with each other, but it's all in love. It's all in, it's camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I went, you know, you get into the classroom and it looks much differently than it does in your, in your home where you live at in your community, you feel like you have to assimilate almost and act a certain way. So sometimes you hear like classroom etiquette or like when I got in the business world, you hear like business professional. And I always wanted to challenge that. Like, what does that mean? Who are we saying is the, uh, is the pillar for business professionalism mm-hmm. or for classroom etiquette? What are we saying is appropriate, right? I know, as like, like I said, again, growing up in the culture I grew up in, like if you were saying something, Colleen, and you were like, you answered a question, in the classroom and history class. And you had, you was just killing it. I was like, all right, go ahead, girl. Absolutely. That's dope. Right. Like, and I would say that in a classroom, they'd be like, Tyler, stop me. You're being a a disruption when really all I'm doing in my culture is I'm just affirming you. So I had to like suppress that and and realize, okay, I got to kind of play the game. And, uh, you know, it was, it it could be frustrating, you know, trying to play that game consistently. And, um, so what I think for me, just coming back to, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, code switching and all this, there was two things going on. Number one, there is there was fault. And then there's number two, there's responsibility. So it wasn't my fault that I had some challenging situations and barriers growing up in my childhood, some trauma, some trauma things that happened. But I let those things affect me when I really had the responsibility now, because I'm of age, mm-hmm. to make better sound decisions and take responsibility for my actions and my attitudes. And once I started doing that, then I started changing my perspective about school and my education. Awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that sort of changed perspective. Uh, you do mention in your early education how it was kind of like a tough situation. You had to sort of alter uh, your language and your perspective when you were going in and outside of the classroom. Uh, how has your reaction towards the overall traditional education system been? And like, how, what did you end up studying while you were at college? Yeah, I think I'll just I'll just kind of start off with college because we talked about I've talked about, you know. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so transparently, the only reason I went to college and I tell people this all the time and trust me, I've worked with, uh, you know, one of my partners that I used to work with for five years is, is WSU, you know, and uh, about four other schools in the state of Washington as well. And I'm very transparent when I would meet with the the, the admin team or with the uh, you know administrator you know uh, you know uh, admissions recruiters, mm-hmm. and I would just tell them my story. I was like, listen, honestly, uh, I had no interest of really going to college. The only reason I wanted to go is because I wanted to play basketball. So for me, my whole energy, my whole focus was just trying to play basketball. So the educational system, mm-hmm. when I went into it in college, I just didn't have any focus. 
I didn't have any, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any real guidance. Again, I grew up in a family with my father and my stepmother and my siblings, who my sister, who's 13 months older than me, she was the first, uh, first one in our family to go to college. So I'm trying to lean on my sister, who's just trying to figure it out too. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? My parents were loving, were supporting, but they didn't really necessarily have that experience. You know, I was, you know, we were first generation college students. So I was just trying to navigate it and figure it out. And, you know, more often than not, um, I just never really um, took it serious, <laughs> to be honest. I kind of coasted. Um, this is, you know, and, and there's some folks that are listening to this that you might be like me where you can coast, right? Where you can kind of, you know, um, how do I say? I don't want to cuss, obviously, but kind of BS your way. Maybe you have to yeah. edit that. BS your, your way through school. And I didn't really care if I got a, if I got anything, if I just got a C, I was excited because I'm like, I'm just trying to pass because I didn't really have any vision for myself in my educational journey yet. At this time, everything was just about basketball. Um, and that was the, my driving motivational uh, you know, force. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, sports and having like a second motivator can also be like a good tool to sort of keep your grades in check or just like you were saying, sort of just get that passing grade. I know for me, I rode my first year of college and that was definitely really difficult because it was my first year of college ever. I wasn't a first generation student, but it was still a huge transition to go from, you know, normal high school classes where you kind of got everything that's the same every day. And then college, you kind of have to make up your own schedule, um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, get organized in that sense. So it was definitely sort of like jumping into the deep end, but in a way it was really helpful because um, it, it lets you take advantage of the limited amount of time you have and sort of dedicate that uh, to one specific thing. Uh, so I see that basketball served as sort of like a motivator for you um, in school, like you were explaining, regardless of your overall intention to sort of enroll in the first place. What was sort of that moment of change that allowed you to sort of begin to enjoy your classes and get really inspired? Okay, well, Colleen, I'm going to do this and hopefully you're okay with this. Just give me about like three to five minutes for this one. Go for it. I want to take us back a little bit. So my freshman year of high school, I failed every class but one. Um, I had 24 grades that year, six classes, four, you know, four quarters. And I had 23 Fs and I had a C minus in PE. And I remember I had a conversation. So this was a turning point initially for me to get more focused on my education. And uh, my dad had a conversation with me and my dad was, he was just a free spirit, right? He just loved me. He believed in me so much, rarely, um, rarely, you know, raised his voice at me, just always gave me confidence. But this was a day he, he, had, he, he needed to have a stern conversation with me. He just asked me, Tyler, he said, what do you want to do with your life? And I just said, dad, I want to play basketball. He said, okay, well, you need to use that force, that driving force to do the things that you know are uncomfortable that you don't want to do to get to the things that you actually want. Because the only way you're going to be able to play basketball is you have to get your grades right. And I said, you're right, you're right. So I finally got my grades right, did good finishing out my sophomore, junior year, high, senior year, high school. Then I went to college and now my grades dipped again. Why? Um, because I didn't really understand the purpose of getting this degree. I was like, man, I'm going to play professional ball like this. I mean, I'm going to do this because I have to, but like, I don't really want to. And it wasn't until I transferred to university. So I went to a community college in Bakersfield, California for a couple of years, played ball there, went to Portland State for a brief period of time and then transferred to Central Washington University. And I remember I wanted to be a business major because I was like, I want to own a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I go in and take the orientation and they're talking about like 12 math classes. I said, yeah, I'm out. I said, no, I'm out. Can't do this. Uh, That's it for me. (laughs) 
I, then I literally said, what's the, what looks like the easiest path to just get this degree and get out of here? And uh, I picked recreation management and tourism. <laughs> so when I tell people that, people literally, they crack up every time, like, what the heck is that? It actually is a really super dope degree. Um, I focus more on the recreation management component. And what I did, what was beautiful, and this is for all my, my students listening to this right now is, listen, I would encourage you to get really, really tight with your advisors, right? So when you have, when you go into your program, whatever it is, whether you want to be philosophy, education, business, you know, uh, computer science, whatever it is, you're going to have an advisor. And I would lean in with them and tell them what your goals and your dreams are within that program. So I went and told them, I said, listen, I'm not really into the outdoor recreation. I want to do more inner city work. I want to more, work more with youth. I want to coach sports. And um, at this point in time, I realized basketball wasn't going to be a long-term option because I had just had knee surgery and I had very minimal cartilage left in my knees. So I started having to ask the questions, which was really scary is, who is your identity outside of basketball, Tyler? Like, who can you be? And who are you going to become when you can no longer dribble that ball and run up and down the court? Mm -hmm. So I sat down with my advisor and I told him my dreams and my goals. I want to work with inner city kids similar to me. And I did that. And once I dove into that work and I got, I did practicum, which is essentially like an internship um, situation that you do um, in that program. I was working at the Boys and Girls Club. I was working in, uh, in rural communities in Mattawa, Washington. If it, shout out to Mattawa. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been there, but, and I was working in these communities with these people and I was realizing that this was my calling. This is what I was meant to do is to serve, to help, to encourage, to inspire. And then from there, my grades were not a problem at all. I, you know, once I got through those core classes and I was working on, uh, working on my passion and what I believe gave me purpose, then it became very easy. And that's what I think I just want our young people that are listening to this to get to is find your passion and your purpose and your education. And then there will never again be an excuse or a lack of um, inspiration because you're going to be so focused on, you know, what that's going to provide for you when you finish that that educational journey. Exactly. Um, that's truly an inspirational story for sure. And I think there's such a, a beauty really to furthering education and sort of getting at that point where you're finding your passion and really getting into it. And uh, I think that's really important. That's sort of what university and college is all about is um, narrowing down those classes and starting to actually do things that you find purpose in. Um, with my own personal experience, I really hated math. Like you were explaining earlier. Um, I was just so frustrated with having to take courses that I knew I was never going to use. Like I'm never going to be, you know, walking down the street. No one's going to ask me what the square root of something is. Um, so I was just really frustrated in high school having to take those classes. And my big motivator and my big inspiration was just to get through high school and then get to college and do what I want. So uh, yeah. now that I'm at WSU, it's my third year. I'm broad. I am studying broadcast production. And I'm absolutely loving it. So oh, like, like yeah, like Tyler was explaining, you know, you got to get to that point where you're really passionate about something and you're like, this is what it's all about. Um, yep. And really finding your identity is really important. Uh, oh, do, do you feel as if pursuing higher education has benefited you in the long run? Yeah, I do. Um, this is a hot topic. And I think, especially right now, just like I just, I woke up this morning early and uh, the first thing I see on my phone is, you know, this is the highest inflation rate in I think the last 40 years, 39 years. So schools, you know, cost of school education is going up, cost of everything is going up. And so I think a lot of the times um, 
when we look at higher traditional education, I think the problem that we have in our community um, as educators, as folks that work in um, college preparedness is that we're not really asking the questions to these young people of like, okay, you wanna go to WSU Pullman or you wanna go to Central Washington, UW, why? And keep asking that question of why. Why do we think we want to go there? Because the surface level will be like, well, because I want to be successful or I want to make my parents proud or I want, well, those are important things. But what is it for you? And so I think it is incredibly important um, that we ask those questions about why we want to, you know, you know, put ourselves into a higher educational system. So I think it's absolutely beneficial. Um, to attend higher, to, to go to college and get a higher, a higher level of education. The more education that you get, typically, um, the more opportunities that you have, the more money that you can make. But really, the biggest thing I believe that is underrated, and uh, I know we live in a digital world now, especially with everything else going on, is the networking, the relationships. Right, every opportunity that I've been able to receive has been through the hands of other people. Us alone by ourselves are not that. We are amazing, but we can't accomplish that much just by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think one of the greatest benefits to pursuing a higher educational degree is to make sure you are networking, not only with your peers, but with your professors, with your advisors, with the people in the financial aid office, just building a network of people that you have that there's opportunities where maybe you can help them out in something. And there's opportunities where maybe they can help you out in something um, because your network is everything. And education is, is hugely important. I would just tell you this though. Um, once you do get your education, the average person reads about one to two books per year after that. The average person stops growing because they think that the only way that we learn is a traditional sitting in a classroom setting. So what I would challenge everybody listening to this right now is some of you that are in college or looking to pursue it, your educational journey doesn't stop once you get that diploma. You want to continue that. So what are you doing to invest in yourself to continue that higher level of education to benefit you, know, you your family and your community? Absolutely. And you do talk a lot about networking, uh, which lines perfectly with my next question. I was going to ask, um, during your life, has anyone served as like a specific mentor for you? I know you mentioned be- in the beginning of this episode how uh, someone helped you out with the title of underdog mentality. Um, yep. Who is that sort of person that you relied on for uh, inspiration and motivation? Yeah, yeah. So this book right here, I don't know if you can see it. You can see yeah. I've been reading the thing. It's torn up. This young lady, her name is Kelly McCongle. It's one of my favorite books. It's called The Willpower Instinct. So the reason I share that book, and I got a whole bunch of other books I can share with you. A lot of the times when I'm doing speaks, um, speaks, when I'm doing talks, <laughs> keynotes, workshops, I talk about my mentor told me this, or my mentor said this. Transparently, my mentor 90% of the time is from a book or YouTube. Yes. There's so much info. We live in the informational world, right? Like our pair, our, you know, the past generation, you know, you're in the industrial revolution, you're living in, you know, it's a different time right now. It's the informational world. And um, you can have a physical mentor, obviously, which I do have those people. And those people are just people that encourage me. They're people that help raise my level uh, to where I believe I can be. But really what has changed my perspective in my life transparently is reading books and listening to people uh, that have created either results in life that I that I esteem to, that I respect, or that um, just think differently than me. And how can I learn from these people? 
So I would just encourage you, I mean, 15 minutes a day to pick up some book, you know, um, no, not a novel. I mean, novels are great. Read those two. But a book that is going to add value to you, like if you want to be great at what you want to do, whatever sector you decide to go into, education, business, healthcare, whatever. If you want to be great at that, then what are you doing that you're not required to do? Yeah. Are you yeah. just going to class and doing your homework? Right. Like, okay. Well, everybody else is doing that. So what do you, how are you going to separate yourself? Doesn't mean that you're better than other people, but what are you doing to seek out mentors? Cause mentors help you right, right. Raise your level to another, to another height. And I've had tons of mentors in my life and a mentor should be somebody that challenges you, that believes in you, that encourages you and that shows you the way, but doesn't give you all of the answers. And with that, we have come to the end of our part one episode with Tyler Monk here on the KooCast. If you like what he had to say so far, feel free to tune in to our part two episode where we continue the conversation. And again, thank you for listening to the KooCast. <laughs>